Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. of Locked On Stars joins us as we preview Monday's VGK versus Dallas game and the return of Pete DeBoer to Las Vegas. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. You could find us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is Locked On Golden Knights. And now our crossover edition with Dane Lewis of Locked On Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars are back on the road tonight. They head to Las Vegas for a date with the Golden Knights. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Tony and Chris of Locked On VGK to talk all about this premier matchup. Two of the best teams in the Western Conference go head to head. And we'll get you set with everything you need to know on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Monday, January 16th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. So hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. You can also follow us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We are always free and available no matter where or how you may choose to listen and and you know, we're, we're jumping straight into it today. Could spend some time to talk about Dallas's game on Saturday against Calgary, uh, six to five, a little bit of a closer score than might indicate of, of what this game actually was. And it wasn't a very fun game up until the end. The Stars almost complete the comeback. They show that they have a ton of heart in the third period. Just wasn't meant to be not not the best performance from them. But I, I think that they're going to come out hungry on this road trip. Pete DeBoer making his return to Vegas should be an entertaining matchup. And we're going to jump into today's crossover with Tony and Chris. We do lose Tony uh, on the video a little bit halfway through uh, the, the interview. So at one point, it just becomes me and Chris. You on the video will be able to see that all happen. But if you're listening on audio only, just so you know, hey, where did Tony go? Uh, he he had some technical difficulties. And so we, we ended up losing him for a bit. But still, great conversation and getting some great insight on vgk so let's jump into today's crossover episode right now welcome in everybody to this western conference crossover the dallas stars taking on the vegas golden knights two of the best teams in the western conference going head to head and uh joining me today both hosts of the locked on vgk podcast tony cordasco chris Golick, and fellas how we doing it's a you know a big matchup between these two teams been a while since they've played one another and both of them are, are doing pretty well if you look at the standings this year. So this should be a good matchup. It's interesting because we we did talk about uh, the Stars and the Golden Knights, obviously, when the DeBoer news was first um, mentioned in Dallas when he was hired. And then now here we are, you know, a few short months later. And uh, both teams are statistically in a great spots in the West right now. And 
Dallas seems to be a little more um, in their way, so to speak, and maybe has a better identity, oddly enough, Tony, whereas our Golden Knights, a lot of injuries, a lot of questions right now, and including a lack of identity, which was one of the issues we had under divorce. So it's um, kind of interesting to get some different perspectives about uh, how things are down there, how they are over here. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I want to talk about, you you mentioned the identity of this team and, of course, uh, a few new players on the team or at least some new faces of the franchise, it seems. And there's a player that, that got picked up last year and uh, in Jack Eichel who didn't get you know a ton of playing time, was still recovering from surgery and, and things of that nature. But now he's really been back and missed a few games this season. But for the most part, I think he's played over 30 games for the VGK and is top three in points for, on the team. And w- what's it been like having a, a somewhat fully healthy Jack Eichel or at least a, a Jack Eichel that can contribute most nights when you throw him alongside some of the other veterans on the team that have been around for a while? What's it been like having Jack Eichel in Vegas uh, as a full-time contributor oh he's tremendous when he's 100 percent. he missed 11 games this season he had one of those non-contact injuries and then in the game that he played on saturday night against edmonton oddly enough uh, he played 19 minutes and disappeared uh, he did the old, good old siegfried and roy routine of di- the disappearing act here in vegas where he didn't have any shots on goal so no no points in the game he was a minus three on the ice he played uh, 19 minutes, and uh, to me, it's of a greater concern that something is still wrong with Jack Eichel, that he's still a little bit injured. And Chris, maybe you could give us a little bit more detail, because I know that you were at the game on Saturday night. His body language was a bit strange. And I want to make sure I put this the right way. I don't mean body language by the, the grumpy Jack Eichel that everyone in Buffalo seems to still talk about. But, you know, there was a shift when he went off the bench and went off the ice busted the stick right over right over the bench and actually had to go out and grab it really fast and get off the ice before uh, they gave him a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. And then you saw him multiple times just on the bench, head down, looking down. I'll be trying to motivate himself if he's hurt, if he just, uh, if that's what he does when things aren't going well. I, you know, we're not entirely sure what was going on. Uh, we listened. We actually didn't make it the whole game last night. My son wasn't feeling well, so we left uh, about halfway through the third and we're listening to Gary Lawless on the way back. And Duva mentioned uh, our radio team, Dan Duva and Gary Lawless. Duva mentioned that it was a short shift. And Gary Lawless, right away, you don't see Jack Eichel take too many of those in a very sarcastic manner. So mm. point being, you know, I don't think he just decided at that moment, okay, it's time to start shorting up my shifts a little bit. I think uh, there might be a little more going on right there. Injuries, whether his head isn't right, who knows what it is, but... You know, Eichel, yes, to your point, Dane, great leader, only player we've had in our history that can take a game, turn on edge at any moment. But the last couple of games, you know, you necessarily haven't seen that. Did it very well against um, somebody, against Florida the other night, got a real big goal. But there's been some games where he has disappeared, and um, hopefully he's okay first and foremost. And hopefully um, he's noticeable tomorrow night, because or afternoon, I should say, because he was not noticeable yesterday by any means. Yeah, I think he's one of those players that, and I'm guilty of this too. Like he was injured in Buffalo, and, you know, Buffalo wasn't the most competitive team during the end of his time there. And so I think people have kind of forgotten about Jack Eichel and the kind of player that he is. I mean, he's a, a superstar player and a superstar caliber player. And so I think he can be easy to forget. And of course, this Vegas team has plenty of other 
talented skaters and, and goalies as well. well. We'll talk a little bit about Logan Thompson in a second, but you, you mentioned, you know, obviously a, a potential small injury or something nagging at Jack Eichel, hopefully not long-term. I think this game on, on Monday will be better if he plays and more entertaining, but it looks like the injury bug has struck a little bit again <laughs> in, in the Vegas locker room. I know that was a big issue last year and, yeah, and a huge yeah, reason yeah. why they, you know, missed out on the playoffs just barely, but here Vegas is still first in the division, although Seattle gaining ground a little bit. I mean, have there been points percentage that they're above us right now, I believe. And okay, two but, games but, in hand and two, yeah. two points back going into Monday. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A few games in hand, but I think Vegas still two points up in the standings, right. but yes. what, what, what's different this year about this VGK team is, are there guys that are able to step in and fill some of these holes or, or, you know, are there just better performances all around on the team? Are the injuries just not, as spread out throughout the roster, what, what, what's been different this year with, with fighting the injury bug and still finding a way to stay competitive and stay atop the division at the time. Uh, I'll ahead, let Chris add more, but I just wanted to give you an injury update. So Mark stone, uh, it's an upper body injury. He's week to week. And as we know, he had off season back surgery. So we don't know what his status is going to be. He won't be playing on Monday. Uh, we just found out earlier on Sunday that will carry uh, upper body injury will be missing the game. He left the game on Saturday night. They are shorthanded without Shay Theodore, um, without Brett Howden, without Zach Whitecloud. Uh, but that has really not been the issue. And to me and Chris, you know, we talk about this repeatedly on our show. Uh, they've been shuffling lines still at this stage of the game. A lot of uh, blending lines and what have you. And for VGK, I know earlier in the season, in the preseason camp, in fact, uh, we heard Bruce Cassidy say that he was going to experiment a lot. Well, here we are in January, and he's still experimenting. He's still just mixing up lines. Eichel was a second-line center when he returned because of the strong play of uh, Chandler Stevenson. But this is a team that is stronger on the road. I think now, uh, Chris, they're 13-11 and 11 here at home, um, and they had a nine-game win streak earlier in the season. But after that, they kind of flatlined. And they're just about a 500 team after that. If not for that early start, uh, they would not be in first place at this point. Chris? I think we might have another meme coming, Tony. I'm not sure what's going on. I can hear you fine, but uh, we have another meme being developed right now. You said William Carlson, and uh, you started getting all weird. Um, <laughs> so going back to uh, some of the – one of the – yeah, Dane, I see this. Tony, if there's a way you could maybe, like, turn your camera off and on really fast, that might fix whatever you're ha whatever's happening down there right now. But otherwise, uh, we're just going to keep this thing going. It's good for numbers, Dane. Don't worry. This <laughs> That's is, right. Uh, this is, oh, there he goes. This is, trust me, this is a standard operating procedure for Lockdown Vegas Gold. I'm Knights still right here. Now. Yeah, I got you, Tony. We hear you. We hear you. I, didn't, I did right. not mention William Carlson, so get lost. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I, I was thinking William Carlson and Tony in his camera is programmed to do that. So there we go. <laughs> so um, you mentioned what was different year over year, Dane. Uh, Will Carey, like Tony did mention, Will Carey is having a career season. He had, he's shaking again. Tony, it's still happening. Um, Will Carrier is up to 10 or 11 goals now, which is better than his, his season total ever. And our fourth line has been our identity line. It's been our energy line. Um, I'm sure DeBoer loves to do it in Dallas, and we'll get a little more on that later, but starting line four and turning to line four in uh, big situations and things like that. And now that Will Carrier is gone, all of a sudden, now we have trouble on the back. Now we have trouble without Mark Stone. Uh, things went really bad for the Golden Knights last season when Mark Stone went down. 
Difference being, you did mention Jack Eichel earlier, and Jack Eichel is someone we did not have to this level. We did not have the healthy Jack Eichel. He was just getting uh, his neck better, so to speak, and then he breaks his thumb and still finishes the season. So he, he's a warrior. We can't uh, overstate how big of a warrior and how much he does mean to our organization, Tony Cordasco. Um, but there's something not clicking there. Chandler Stevenson was mentioned. I think he's gone three games straight without a shot on goal right now. So there's a lot of questions for uh, Dallas Stars right on right our Taylor right now and have been with us the entire season. I don't know if there's a lot of questions about Dallas right now. You guys know who you are. You have an identity. And the guys come to work and they grind. Whereas the Vegas Golden Knights, there are so many questions right now about the long-term success of this team and what exactly is going to happen. We've been riding a 13-3 and uh, start and that long uh, winning streak. And otherwise, we're a 500-ish team, maybe even lower, and now we're 5-7 against our own division, which is not a very good division right now. Yeah, it's, you know, some of those things. I mean, we're seeing other teams in similar situations. Colorado in the Central Division just plagued with injuries and, you know, things that they really can't control, uh, which, you know, is difficult to deal with, especially when you have other good teams surrounding you. So it, it makes things difficult to deal with. But Vegas, you know, thankfully for their sakes, in a, like you said, a Pacific Division that – isn't super strong all the way across the board. A few other good teams in Seattle, Los Angeles, and the, the Alberta teams as well. And uh, Chris, I'll go ahead and ask you one more question, then we can move on to some stars talk. Logan Thompson, uh, one, one of the, the bright stories early on this season, and still from heaven's numbers, seems to be playing pretty well. What, what's it been like watching him take over the starting role this season and kind of be the, the number one guy in Vegas? So the first thing about Logan Thompson and me and Tony – our biggest concern about LT was not Logan Thompson, but was our goaltending. We, everyone in Vegas liked the depth of this team. We liked Jack Eichel and some of the acquisitions we made. Our defense, when healthy, that's a whole other show in itself, but our defense, when healthy, I'll put against anyone else's top six in the entire league to just win games that we shouldn't. The goalie was the concern, the asterisk, what were we going to get? And about 10, 12 games in, I think the asterisk got removed. Um, Logan Thompson has just succeeds at every level he possibly can play in. Undrafted, I believe, and somehow winds up with the Silver Knights, AHL, uh, VGK organization, and then works his way up. And all of a sudden, he's riding. We're riding Logan Thompson last year on that on that playoff run that unfortunately we did not uh, get. That Dallas played a big part of keeping us out of it as well. Um, and then to start the season again, he has every box you need to check with Logan Thompson as far as being a leader. Being a starting goalie, we're able to check. But now, another thing me and Tony have talked a lot about, there's film on Logan Thompson. There's, you know, it's like uh, baseball, right? The second time you go through that batting order or the second time a rookie gets their starts, there's some film out there. So now it's a little bit tougher on LT as the season progresses. He was pulled last week, and you could argue last night he was borderline getting pulled as well for the way the game started. Uh, Aiden Hill has done a very, very good job as the backup. I think... uh, a 10 and three record or a nine and three, nine and four record right now. The, the goals against the save percentage aren't as high necessarily, but you know, kind of like uh, Phoenix Copley for Los Angeles Kings, right? You know, the numbers aren't good, but dude is what 10 and two, 11 and two yeah. or something like that right now. So we're not going to ask too many questions about that. So all in all, the VGK goaltending has been solid. LT has been a very bright spot, the starting goalie for the Pacific, just a gem. I'm sure um, it was seen where Mark Stone actually approached Logan Thompson. LT LT was uh, on the bench. Mark Stone got a 
penalty shot awarded against the Edmonton Oilers early in the season. He skates right up to LT and LT says, tells him where to shoot. Stone scores and points right to the bench. And then another game, there's a shootout happening. Logan Thompson is the goalie. It's like in round six or seven. Finally, LT makes a save. He takes a glove off. He's doing this with his hands, signaling 43 for Paul Cotter. Paul Cotter goes and wins the game for the Golden Knights in the, in the shootout. So there's a lot of swagger there. He's a lot of fun. And if he can keep up his, his great play, he's going to be a... Uh, He's going to be adored in the city for a long time. Yeah, that that's awesome. I love those kind of stories. And I think that the swagger party shares a little bit of that with the, the, the Dallas starting goaltender, Jake Ottinger, who I imagine we'll talk Howdy. about a little bit later. But, you know, both those guys, I think, you know, some of the, the future future faces of the league in terms of goaltending, uh, both of them, I mean, just special players and still have a, a good amount of their careers ahead of them. Definitely. Yeah, well, well, I'll go ahead and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and take a quick break and do this ad read, and then we'll try to get Tony back in here, and we'll we'll continue. I don't on think this we're gonna discussion. get Tony. I don't think we're gonna get him. I think, I think it's me and you, so we'll take this on. We got. Hey, it. we'll we'll make it work. It was it was nice to have Tony for a little bit, but you know that's a that's a life lesson right there. You got to enjoy what you have because you never know when it'll when it'll disappear. But let's go ahead and uh, take a minute <laughs> say thank you to to one of today's sponsors, Athletic Greens, and their product AG One. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Tons of people take some sort of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself, and your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Chris, we're moving on on this crossover episode, Locked on Stars, Locked on Vegas Golden Knights. Let's let's keep doing it. Let's uh, we talked a little bit about the VGK, and now let's shift the focus uh, to the visiting team, the Stars. Who you, you talk about the team having identity, and as much as I'd love to affirm that and say that they're you know doing well and everything's going off without a hitch, I, I you know it, it doesn't appear that to be that way. They've lost two straight uh, and some pretty heartbreaking losses to be at that, but. You know, it's it's tough to complain being a top three team in your division, but a lot going well with this team. But yeah, I, I mean, it's just like Vegas, a lot going well at times, but also some things just not going your way. But uh, an interesting team to talk about, to say the least. So I'm all I'm a, I'm an open door, open book uh, on what you like and it. your listeners would want to know about the Dallas Stars going into this game. So we'll just start about uh, Pete DeBoer a little bit. Um, first of all, Pete DeBoer, there's one thing that we all do know about him. He has a fabulous track record of first-year success with teams. Got the VGK deep. He's been to, uh, I believe, multiple Stanley Cup finals as a first you know, first season with a new team. How do you feel uh, about the team's outlook? What is their ceiling? And uh, just is, there an ex- is it exciting to have Pete DeBoer as your coach? Let's start right there. Yeah, to answer that question, it is exciting. And it's something that all season I've been eating my words. Because I even – I remember you and I had a conversation in the summer when he got hired in Dallas – that there was a lot of skepticism and obviously things did not end well for him in VGK, all things considered. I, I think he and the team probably would have liked things to end 
on better terms. And that just wasn't the case. And so there was some, some skepticism of, well, you know, there was, you know, the issue with, with him and the goalie situation and, you know, just the, the, the way that he managed the locker room and the team culture, the team chemistry, just some question marks and some, some valid questions I think being raised, but he's come in and he's just put all those worries to, to rest. I mean, this locker room seems to really enjoy playing for him, buying into the system, both on and off the ice, the, the chemistry on the team, seems to be some of the best that we've seen in a while here in Dallas. It's been good, but you know, I think him having Joe Pavelski on his roster yet again, like he did in San Jose has done wonders for his confidence as a coach. And then I think the, the players really buy into what he has for them, especially uh, on the ice. I mean, this team has taken large steps forward offensively. They were an awful team. The stars were offensively last year, but now they can take some of that defensive identity and they, they use the defense to create offense. They create those rush opportunities. They create those odd man chances. And, and it's been a ton of fun to watch. So uh, it's not necessarily what I expected or really what I think anyone expected. I think we we knew the Stars would be good and that they'd probably be competing for a playoff spot. But here they are tied with the, the Winnipeg Jets in points. I think the Jets technically at the time of recording this in first by points percentage. And then later tonight, they'll actually play the Arizona Coyotes. So by this time this comes out on Monday, they could already be two points ahead of the Stars. But all things considered, you you find yourself in the top three in your division that has the defending champion Avalanche, the Minnesota Wild, uh, and, and you know even uh, Winnipeg, who's been a surprise this season as well. Th- things are going very, very well in Dallas, all things considered. Max Pacioretty, obviously, we, all, we know all about him, and uh, he's finally starting to um, get some games out there in Carolina. I think he just went down recently, but point being about Max Pacioretty, one, he did have a lot of amazingly positive things to say about Pete DeBoer and his system, how it personally helped him as a player. And when, Ma- when Max Pacioretty says things like that, there's a lot of weight behind it. Max Pacioretty also alluded to VGK being a, this is after the trade, being a country club atmosphere. You could, you know, lose a bunch of games, but everyone's still all positive around the office and a, around a city national arena. Uh, people still want to take your picture and get your autograph and, you know, people are out washing their car. It was a real strange comment that he made. To paraphrase it, it felt like there was a lack of accountability under the, the DeBoer era. So talk about the, is it, how is he with the media? Is he, does he put players under the bus? Is the, if things don't go well, is he calling out someone for not having a good game? Does it feel like there's urgency? Is it a country club? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And that's another thing that I remember we talked about this and something I was worried about, but that really hasn't been a big issue this year. I think that one thing that's made this Stars team special is when they do lose, I, I can't say that it's you know all sunshine and rainbows around the, the locker room or the building, but there's always a sense of, hey, we're going to be okay. Like sometimes you you lose a game, you give up four or five goals at home or you get shut out on your on home ice or you get shut out by the Anaheim Ducks like the Stars did a couple weeks ago. I mean, over the course of an 82 game season, some things are just not going to go your way and you're going to have a bad night as a team. And I think that he realizes that. I think the locker room realizes that. And, and he does a pretty good job of of going out of his way to compliment players if a player has a really good game. And he, even if the media doesn't bring him up, he'll, he'll throw in there like, hey, Miro Haskinen had a really good game or Yoel Kiviranta, one of the fourth line skaters, had a really nice night. Even if they don't score goals or get assists, there's little things that some of these players do that you know, it can draw the attention of the coaching staff and, and get their admiration. And really, you know, he can be critical of players at times, but really only if he's prompted. So Tyler Sagan has been a, a pretty 
hot topic of discussion all season because his contract is so big, but sometimes he doesn't necessarily deliver on a game-to-game basis. And so sometimes the media will say, what do you think of Tyler's game? Or would you want to see more from Tyler in this aspect? And he'll, and he'll be brutally honest, but I don't think it's a, I'm calling out the player to to attack them behind their back. I, I think these are things that he would say to this player's face and probably does say these things to that player. And, you know, it does all that he can to get the most out of them night in and night out. And I think ultimately the team is better for it. And I think also mixed with the fact that they just have a good leadership group on the team with, with Jamie Ben, Joe Pavelski, Tyler Sagan, and, and a few other guys that have been around for a while as well. I think there's just that mutual respect of some of these guys on the team have been here a long time and they know how to run the locker room. And Pete DeBoer has also been around the league and this is what his, his fifth team, I believe. And so he's seen a thing or two as well. And I think it just goes both ways. There's mutual respect between both parties and it's worked out pretty well to make, make a competitive team that, you know, doesn't ride the lows too long, but also whenever they're winning three or four games in a row, they realize that things can go wrong and, you know, you're occasionally going to slip up. In one sentence, few words as possible. What is the identity of the Dallas stars? Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. I'll just, I touched on a little bit earlier, but I'll say if I had to do the sentence, it's defense into offense. I mean, you, it starts with Jake Ottinger being one of the better goalies in the league this season, but I I mean, and the defensive core, while it's leaky at times, it's certainly not perfect. The stars have found a way to generate that, that offense off of good defensive stops. And I think that's just changed the, the flow of this team and how teams in the league have to game plan for the stars. Cause I think, and this was a month or so ago, so numbers could have changed, but at one point earlier in the season, the stars were last in the league in time spent in their offensive zone. Cause when they score goals, I mean, every now and then you'll get a, the cycle going or you'll get the plays that they draw up. But really when the stars are scoring, it's off the rush or it's off of a, a quick tic-tac-toe passing type play. They don't really like to spend a lot of time in the offensive zone and sometimes that can be to, you know, their downfall in a game. But for the most part, it's been effective. That was just something that under the DeBorg era that we did have a hard time here in Vegas summarizing is what was the identity of this team? Because there are so many games where we would have 40, 45, 48 shots on goal. And a lot of the shots were from the point lazy, just nothing else to do with it. And listen, we all get the perspective, you know, good things happen when you shoot, shot on whatever bad pun you want to toss in there but that was something that certainly was a concern under the DeBoer era and the reason I asked to for you to define the Dallas Stars and what the identity is because in Vegas we're still having a hard time in my opinion getting an identity and one of our most critical points of Pete DeBoer was the lack of identity so it's just interesting to uh, get a, a fresh perspective and when things are going well you necessarily don't think of it as well and you know things are going well in Dallas so maybe you know, what the identity is doesn't matter a whole lot. And Vegas doesn't necessarily matter here a bunch either because the team is doing well. Um, I, I'm fortunate enough, I do have uh, credentials now for the Golden Knights, so I get to see Cassidy and things like that and the players after the game. Um, I never got to see DeBorg. This is my first year doing this. But everyone I talk to just talks about there's a big difference from DeBoer to Cassidy, the way he handles the media, how honest he is, how direct he is. How do you see from just simply watching press conferences and things like that, what do you see about DeBoer that you like and maybe what you don't like? One thing I do like, I don't know if he does it down there with you guys. I'm going to answer your question. He always addresses the media by name, at least in Vegas, he does that. So if I yeah. say, hey, Chris, locked on Vegas Golden Knights, he will say, hi, Chris. 
Cassie does not do that. So go ahead. <laughs> yes, yes. Pete Pete does do that. And I, I'm, I'm I like the same boat as you. I'm a, I'm fortunate enough to get to go to a, a good handful of home games here in Dallas. Good. And so I'm, you know, getting to to be in the room. He a lot of people don't introduce themselves in post-game press conferences. It's typically the same faces, so he kind of knows who's in there. But right. his first press conference in Dallas, uh, they asked, introduce yourself and then ask your question. And so he would every time he answered a question, it was, Hey Mike, or you know, hey Sam or whoever it was. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a nice touch and he, I mean, he treats the media well. And I think that's what Rick bonus, the former coach in Dallas did. Uh, I mean, I think there's, there's a, a level of honesty that he does have when talking about players or, you know, just what he or the coaching staff thinks about how a game went down. Like on Saturday, the, the stars led up six goals to the Calgary flames. They, the score makes it look a lot closer than it actually was six to five, but the stars were down six, two going into the third. I mean, it was a, a terrible second period, just a really bad game. The first 40 minutes for the stars. And, you know, they found a way to turn it around at the end, but it was too little too late. And, you, you know, he's honest about that kind of stuff and saying, you know, that the good teams find a way to to stop the bleeding. I mean, that that's really been what he talks about th this season. That's probably one of the phrases that he said the most this year is good teams find a way to stop the bleeding. And the stars have done just that. I don't think they've lost more than three in a row. I think a loss on Monday to VGK would set the record for the most consecutive losses this season for the stars. And so they, they've done a really good job uh, of keeping their head above water and keeping their composure. But when things go rough and I, I know it might not be the, the satisfactory answer to the listener, but I, I can't really think of too many things I, I don't like uh, about Pete DeWar, at least from a, a media perspective. I mean, he treats all of us well. And uh, I mean, has a, a pretty easygoing demeanor, even after, you know, losses, he doesn't really get, too emotional one way or the other, even after a big win, they could shut out a team five zero and he'll be about the same as he was. If the team, you know, got beat, uh, you know, on home ice. So really good stuff from Pete DeBoer here in Dallas so far. And you know, the trend seems to be continuing of first year with a new team and they're, they're, they're doing some pretty special things. He's got to drop the cowboy hat. That's my only complaint right now. He's got to <laughs> drop the cowboy hat. Um, all right. I think, uh, we can get to our next segment here in a, in a minute. Um, We'll talk more about the game coming up tomorrow. Uh, matinee T-Mobile Arena here in Vegas. Uh, first, I got a quick note from a Bet Online to talk to you all about. Uh, Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season, not anymore, but basketball, the World Cup, we've got all on BetOnline.net. If you love podcasts, you can even find those on Bet Online. We're always the fastest, easiest way to get all your betting info. NFL playoffs are going. So much crazy action. Never a better time to get a little, little skin in the game, so to speak. Uh, head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back. We are here with Dane. Chris Golick here, Locked on Vegas Gold Knights. Dane Lewis, Locked on Dallas Stars. We're going to preview uh, Monday's matinee. T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Dallas facing Vegas. Both teams... Uh, in need of a win, I guess, Dane, uh, as we uh, get the last few minutes here, what's a couple of your keys to victory for uh, the Stars? Yeah, the, I think the biggest key for the Stars in this game is to limit the amount of goals against. They had had some good performances last week, Tuesday and Thursday. They were in New York, played the Islanders and then the Rangers, and Jake Ottinger was fantastic in both those games. And it, I think the Stars really should have won their game on Thursday against the Rangers. I don't know if you saw it, but Keandre Miller scored a goal with 0.9 seconds left to, to tie the game in the third, send it to overtime. And then Adam Fox gets the game winner there. And so heartbreak that carried over a little bit. I think yesterday stars lose six, five to the Calgary flames at home. That was Scott Wedgwood in that who gives up all six of those goals, really rough outing for the stars backup. But, but Jake Gottinger, I think should be back in net tonight. 
and I'm excited to see what he can do. He's been on a tear recently, uh, putting up solid numbers. I think his goals against average is right at two or maybe even now a little bit below. He, he just doesn't really give up two or three goals in a game very often. And I mean, he's been especially recently, uh, he's just been on a whole new level. So I, I'm excited to see how he comes out and plays. He seems to always match up really well against other teams, good goaltending. So if Logan Thompson is out there and he's doing his thing, we could see a, a potential goalie battle at T-Mobile Arena. And that, those have been kind of what the stars have been faced with over the past few weeks. And it, it's been really exciting to watch to see how he adjusts to the challenge of facing a team's offense and how the stars offense goes about, you know, trying to to take down an opposing goaltender that's playing really well. I think you're going to get Aiden Hill tomorrow. I predicted actually on Thursday that the rotation would be Aiden Thursday against Florida. Saturday would be Logan Thompson, and then they would roll back with Aiden Hill. A little shorter turnaround. Uh, Aiden Hill is a little better form lately than Logan Thompson. Not a knock on Logan Thompson, just I think Aiden Hill has earned this game. For the Vegas Golden Knights to win this game, it's it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be a winning ugly type of game. Injuries are piling up again. Just when things are getting back, Mark Stone goes down. Now Will Carrier goes down. Petrangelo was actually hurt in the game last night. He was down for a minute but was able to finish the game without missing a beat. T-Mobile went silent last night because we were concerned we had lost our now star defenseman on top of our captain, on top of everything else that's happening right now. So win ugly, get something from a player that's not a household name. We got a good chunk of our Henderson Silver Knights uh, helping the big club out right now. So simple formula, win ugly. Uh, you got a good goalie and Ottinger, Adi's going to be back there. So hopefully uh, get a lot of pucks onto the net. And maybe it will be a DeBoer type game where they're just going to shoot, 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 and shoot, get one to hit some traffic, and we'll get lucky. And uh, maybe a nice, uh, how about a nice three to two shootout where it's a nice even game and uh, the skills competition that Connor McDavid wants the Angel to get rid of. I, I like that perspective. One 10 minute overtime. I like that three on three. Yes. I'd rather see that, but that's another discussion for another time. Yeah, that's a whole different podcast. I, I do agree, though. I think that'd be much more entertaining. And uh, the star isn't even this season. I feel like I've seen too many shutouts, although I think it's only been three. But uh, you you give all those injury updates for the the Golden Knights. I will say, just for the the Golden Knights fans out there that might not know, Stars forward Rope Hints has been out for three games now. Uh, oh. Suffered an upper upper body injury last Sunday against the Florida Panthers. Did not skate at practice on Sunday. From everything I've seen, so. The verdict is still out on whether or not that he'll even travel with the Stars to begin this road trip because they have Vegas on Monday and then San Jose Wednesday, Los Angeles Thursday. So a few days out out west for the Stars. We'll have to keep an eye on Rope hints, but that, love, that can love be Love three big games factor. and four nights. Love it, love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Stars schedule has been a, a monster as of late. It's been, you know, a few games out west, one game at home, and then they go to Just New York. Just be lucky York, Tony's not on. You, get, you, you mentioned schedule. Tony gets all funky about that, so that's a win for you, brother. Well, uh, yeah, the stars have certainly faced their fair share, but yeah, I'll predict a close game as well. I'll say, I'll say a four, three final. I'm hoping that of course that the stars can pull it out. I know I'm they, with you. I, it's it. going to be, the, I, I think the stars win tomorrow night too. So I'll, I'll whatever okay. you predict, I'll double down on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case and the stars really do need to pick up a win here. And then, you know, a team in San Jose, that's not so great on Wednesday, but San Jose's already beaten Dallas once this year. And uh, you know, Dallas both too. Los Angeles and the sharks, they, they're split one and one. So closing out a, a few season series this trip, but opening up a new one with, with Vegas. I believe this is the first of at least two, if not three meetings uh, and all three games last year, pretty entertaining. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, Chris. I'm sorry that we, that we lost Tony, but appreciate you doing this and excited to see what this game has for us. Hopefully it's another good installment. Definitely. Glad to be here. <laughs>